Before we get started, I wanted to let you know about our monthly membership called the High Risers Club. Building upon the foundation of our program, Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors, the High Risers Club is designed to help members gain a more expansive knowledge of and confidence around the most important aspects of commercial real estate. Each month, we'll take a deep dive into one specific commercial real estate topic, and you can join me and my team live every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time to learn and answer your questions. To sign up, click the link in the show notes or go to coachjeffwright.com slash the High Risers Club. Hi, this is Coach Jeff Wright. And in my podcast, Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors, we will take a deep dive with industry experts into different aspects of commercial real estate. My ultimate goal is to give you the knowledge, confidence, and belief that you can transact commercial real estate at a high level, just like you do with residential real estate. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors. In this week's episode, I wanna talk about four things. Number one, commercial lease escalations. Number two, commercial lease renewal options. Number three, should or should you not use a commercial real estate attorney in preparation negotiation of a lease? And number four, I get lots of questions about what is rent paid on, and I call it usable versus rentable square footage. So we'll talk about all, all four. Okay, so let's start with commercial lease escalations. Commercial lease escalations really refer to the periodic increases in rent payments over the lease term, and it can be determined in several ways. Some of the common ways are as follows. Number one, a fixed increase. So the lease agreement specifies a fixed amount or a percentage by which the rent will increase at predetermined intervals. For example, the rent may increase by a fixed amount each year of $100 per month, or by a specific percentage, 2% annually, 3% annually. And it also can be that the rent stays the same for one year, two years, three years, four years, and then all of a sudden it jumps in year five or year six or whatever. It's all negotiated. So that's number one. The second way is what we call consumer price index and index itself, you know, adjusting in conjunction with something. So rent escalations many times are tied to changes in the consumer price index, which reflects, for those not familiar, it's the average change in prices paid by consumer for goods and services over time. So the rent increase is calculated based on the percentage increase in the CPI, the consumer price index overall. The third way, I'm gonna call it operating expense pass-through, and that's typically found with a net type of lease versus a gross lease. So if you remember, we talked about there's single net or double net or triple net, where expenses are being passed on to the tenant. Now, this provision, tenants pay a proportionate share of their operating expenses, such as property taxes, insurance, maintenance, and utilities. As these costs increase, the tenant's share of expenses also rises, resulting in a higher rent payment, unless that lease negotiation has capped 
what those pass-through expenses are. Number four, some people will say there's a market rent review clause. And this lease type or provision is for periodic reviews based on what the prevailing market rates are. Rents may be adjusted to reflect current market conditions, ensuring really that it's remaining in line with compatible properties in the area. I do want to say to everyone, I personally rarely see this type of lease in my market area in Connecticut, but it is something that is a thing that could absolutely be part of how escalations are handled. The next one we've talked about previously is a percentage rent. Again, we're talking about increases, and that's commonly used in retail leases. And a percentage rent involves a tenant paying a set base rent along with a percentage of the gross sales that exceed a certain threshold. So as an example, the tenant's going to pay that predetermined base rent, and in addition, let's call it 2% of anything in terms of receipts once they've reached $200,000 in that given month overall. So it just means once they've gotten that level, anything above that level, they're going to pay an additional bump in their rent overall. In this form of escalation ties rent increases to the tenant's revenue performance, I'll call it. The next one is a step-up rent. And with a step-up rent, the escalation schedule outlines just incremental increases at specific intervals, similar to what we talked about with a fixed schedule overall. The rent really will rise over time, reflected the anticipated growth or changes in the property value. Now, these are just some of the methods used to determine commercial lease escalations. The specific escalation mechanism, the specific one employed in a lease agreement can vary based on the negotiating leverage of the parties, the market conditions, property type, and the lease term. Okay, the second thing I want to address quickly is renewal options in commercial leases because they can be structured in different ways, again, depending on the negotiation between the landlord and the tenant. The two primary ways or what I'll call a unilateral renewal. And that's in some cases where the lease may include, you know, where the tenant is allowed to just say, I, wanna, I want to exercise my option to renew for another three years or five years without needing approval from the landlord. Again, if it's unilateral, they don't need approval from the landlord. The, the terms and conditions for the renewal are usually specified in the original lease agreement, and almost always there's a notification period. You've got to notify the landlord three months in advance, six months, nine months, 12 months, whatever has, has been negotiated in the lease, whether they're going to exercise their option to go forward um, across the board. Then there is a mutual agreement where literally both parties must agree to renew the lease for another term. This typically involves negotiating new lease terms, rent adjustments, renewal periods, and other relevant provisions overall. Ultimately, the specific terms regarding any renewal options in a commercial lease are agreed upon during the initial lease negotiation and are outlined in the lease agreement. So number three, I just want to talk about the use of an attorney and specifically a commercial real estate attorney in terms of negotiating leases. 
in the residential world, there are agents that have a standard form for a lease for someone and they send that out and it gets signed and attorneys aren't involved. And I'm not saying I don't think that an attorney shouldn't be involved there also, but when we're coming to the commercial scenario, it is recommended, my recommendation, a commercial lease be handled by a commercial attorney. Or, you know, like someone may say, well, I've handled five of them, I've handled 10 of them as a property owner, or a realtor has done it. The challenge is that while realtors and property owners may have experience in handling it, the reason why I recommend it is because of many times if something goes wrong, there is legal provisions with significant financial implications that if someone makes a mistake, it's a challenge. So that lawyer is schooled to have the knowledge to be able to make sure that the terms that are in there that you understand if you're the landlord, just what you're signing and executing across the board. So again, my personal opinion is that you should absolutely use a commercial attorney in all scenarios across the board. Now I do see that there's times that a landlord will have a standard lease that's been drawn up by an attorney and they send that out. And if something doesn't get changed, then it's really fine if they accept the lease the way it is. It's when changes get made to the document that I think the lawyer should absolutely be involved, if not from the beginning of the negotiation. The next thing that I wanna talk about is just in terms of the difference between usable rent and rentable, because it's critical to understand. The first thing I just wanna say is that when we break down the two concepts, usable refers to the actual space within the lease premises the tenant can occupy and utilize. So if you're going into a doctor's office from the front door in to the back door out, that's that usable space. So it typically includes the area exclusively reserved for the tenant's use, such as offices, work areas, and storage rooms, etc. Now, the rentable square footage includes both the tenant's usable space and a portion of the common areas in the building, such as hallways, restrooms, lobbies, elevator shafts. The rentable square footage is used to calculate the tenant's portion of the common area, maintenance fees, and other shared building expenses. But what I want everyone to understand is that rent is traditionally paid, almost always, based on the rentable square footage and not the usable. So it's important for tenants to understand the distinction between usable and rentable square footage to accurately assess the total cost of leasing a commercial space and negoti negotiating lease terms effectively from the beginning. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors. As a reminder, please subscribe to this podcast to receive new episodes as soon as they are released. For more information on me, my team, and my educational programs, visit my website at www coachjeffright.com. Thank you for listening and here's to your success.